Today is December 28th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer. Welcome in and welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. We're just going to jump right in today because I have a little commentary at the end. We're reading in the Old Testament from Zechariah chapters 12 and 13. Let's flow into these verses. Evangelical Heritage Version. The Lord will give victory to Jerusalem. An oracle, the word of the Lord concerning Israel. This is what the Lord declares, who stretches out the heavens, who lays the foundation of the earth, and who forms the spirit of a man within him. Look, I will make Jerusalem a cup that causes all the surrounding peoples to stagger. When there is a siege against Jerusalem, it will also be against Judah. On that day, I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lifted will be seriously injured, and all the nations of the earth will be gathered together against it. On that day, declares the Lord, I will strike every horse with panic and its rider with madness. But I will keep my eye on the house of Judah, and I will strike with blindness every horse that belongs to the other peoples. Each of the leaders of the clans of Judah will say in his heart, The inhabitants of Jerusalem are my strength through the Lord of armies, their God. On that day, I will make the leaders of the clans of Judah like a firepot that ignites the woods, and like a flaming torch among the sheaves. They will devour all the surrounding peoples on the right and on the left. The people of Jerusalem will once again live in their own place in Jerusalem. The Lord also will save the tents of Judah first, so that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem will not become greater than that of Judah. On that day, the Lord will protect the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Anyone among them who is feeble will be like David on that day, and the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. On that day, I will set out to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. They will mourn for the one they pierced. I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace, who pleads for mercy. Then they will look at me, the one they have pierced. They will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child. They will grieve bitterly for him as one grieves over his firstborn. On that day there will be great mourning in Jerusalem, as great as the mourning for Hadad Ramon in the plain of Megiddo. The land will mourn each family by itself, the family of the house of David by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Nathan by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Levi by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of Shimei by itself, and their wives by themselves, all the families that remain, each family by itself, and their wives by themselves, a fountain to wash away sin. On that day, a fountain will be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for uncleanness. In that day, declares the Lord of armies, I will cut off the names of the idols from the land, and they will no longer be remembered. I will also remove the prophets and the impure spirit from the land. If anyone still prophesies, his father and his mother who gave birth to him will tell him, 
You shall not live because you have spoken lies in the name of the Lord. Then his father and his mother who gave birth to him will stab him when he prophesies. In that day, each of those prophets will be ashamed of his vision. When he prophesies, he will not put on a prophet's garment made of hair in order to deceive. Instead, he will say, I am not a prophet. I have been a tiller of the soil since my youth when a man bought me. Someone will ask him, What are these wounds on your body? He will reply, I received these wounds in the house of my friends. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man who is my associate, declares the Lord of armies. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered, and I will turn my hand against the little ones. This will take place in the whole land, declares the Lord. Two-thirds of those who remain in it will be cut off and perish, but one-third will be left in it. I will put that third into the fire, and I will refine them as silver is refined, and I will test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, This is my people, and they will say, The Lord is my God. Revelation chapter 19 The Church's Victory after these things, I heard what seemed to be the loud sound of an immense crowd in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for his judgments are true and just, because he has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality, and he has avenged his servant's blood that was shed by her hand. A second time they said, Alleluia, her smoke goes up forever and ever. Then the 24 elders and the four living creatures bowed down and worshiped God, who sits on the throne saying, Amen, Alleluia. And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all you his servants and you who fear him, small and great. The wedding supper of the Lamb. And I heard what seemed to be the roar of a large crowd, or the roar of many waters, or the sound of loud rumblings of thunder, saying, Alleluia! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, because the wedding of the Lamb has come. His bride has made herself ready, and she was given bright, clean, fine linen to wear. In fact, the fine linen is the not guilty verdicts pronounced on the saints. The angel said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. He also said to me, These are the true words of God. And I bowed down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who have the testimony about Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony about Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The Rider on the White Horse I saw heaven standing open, and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True, and he judges and makes war in righteousness. His eyes are like blazing flames, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him, which no one knows except he himself. He is also clothed in a garment that has been dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies in heaven, which were clothed with white, clean, fine linen, were following him on white horses. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will shepherd them with an iron staff. He himself is going to trample the winepress of the fierce anger of the Almighty God. 
On his garment and on his thigh, this name is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he called out with a loud voice to all the birds that were flying in the middle of the sky. He said, Come, gather together for God's great supper, so that you can eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of military leaders and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of their riders and the flesh of all people, both free and slave and small and great. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against the rider on the horse and his army. The beast was captured along with the false prophet who performed miracles on his behalf, with which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and had worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire, which burns with sulfur. The rest were killed with the sword that comes out of the mouth of the rider on the horse, and all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Psalm 147 Praise Him for providing for His people. The Creator restores His people. Praise the Lord, how good it is to make music to our God. Yes, praise is pleasant and fitting. The one who builds Jerusalem is the Lord. He assembles the outcasts of Israel. He is the one who heals the brokenhearted and who bandages their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Great is our God and mighty in power. To his understanding, there is no limit. The one who sustains the humble is the Lord. He pushes the wicked down to the ground. The Creator loves His people. Respond to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make music to our God on the lyre. He is the one who covers the sky with clouds. He determines rain for the earth. He makes grass sprout on the mountains. He gives their food to the cattle and to the young ravens when they call. He is not impressed by the strength of the horse. He is not pleased with the legs of a man. The Lord is pleased with those who fear Him, those who wait for His mercy. The Creator reveals His Word. Worship the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. Because He strengthens the bars on your gates, He blesses your children within you. He brings peace to your borders. He satisfies you with the best wheat. He sends His message to the earth. His Word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He sends His hail like pieces of bread. Who can stand in the face of his cold winds? He sends his word and the ice melts. He breathes on the snow, the waters flow. He reveals his words to Jacob, his statutes and his judgments to Israel. He has not done this for any other nation. They do not know his judgments. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 31 verses 1 through 7. The sayings of Lemuel. The words of Lemuel, a king, an oracle that his mother used to teach him discipline. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son, from my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women. Do not give your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for rulers to crave beer. If he does, he will drink and forget what is decreed. He will change the legal rights of all the oppressed, give beer to someone who is perishing, and wine to one whose soul is bitter. He will drink and forget his poverty and he will no longer remember his trouble okay so i want to talk a little bit about proverbs chapter 31 verses 1 through 7 where we find a queen mother speaking life into her son king lemuel 
Now, she's not just talking to him about how to rule a kingdom. She's talking to him about how to rule his life. Now, some of you may be wondering, what does this passage have to do with me? I'm not a king. I'm not a ruler. I'm not the child of a queen. How does this apply to my life? Well, let me tell y'all something. You probably already know where I'm going with this. But if you don't, you may not be royalty by title, but you are by destiny. You are royalty because you are a child of the Most High, creator in his image and likeness. So this is relevant. The wisdom here is applicable to all of us, reminding us of our inherent worth and calling us towards higher living. You might not govern a territory, but you certainly govern your actions, your thoughts, your attitudes. So that's your kingdom. That's your domain. What is within your control? So what does it mean to live like royalty, to act like royalty? Well, it means to live with wisdom, integrity, and a sense of purpose to intentionally try to avoid the traps and temptations that can destroy your destiny or divert you from your destiny. It means that you use your authority and your influence to be a blessing and to serve others. It means that you honor God with your life and with your legacy. That's what it means to act and live like royalty. But then the question becomes, okay, so how do I do that? How do I live like royalty in a world that is trying to pull us down, to distract us, to deceive us, to defeat us? How do you keep aiming for higher when you are constantly bombarded with all kinds of challenges, struggles, and opposition? How do you live like a king or a queen when you're feeling weak, when you're feeling weary, when you're wounded, when you're exhausted? I'm going to give you three R's to living like royalty. Recognize, remember, and reflect. First, recognize who you are. You are royalty by birthright. When you were born again in Christ, baby, you were adopted into the royal family of heaven. The blood of Jesus flows through your veins. Therefore, we are not defined by our circumstances, our mistakes, our failures, our critics. We are defined by our identity in Christ, and we forget that. Jesus has made us a new creation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. We're not an accident. We're not a mistake. We're not a problem. We are masterpieces. We are miracles. We're not victims. We're not losers. We're not quitters. We're victors. We're winners. And we are overcomers. Recognize who you are and don't let anyone or anything tell you otherwise. Second, Remember who you are. You are royalty by destiny. You have a heritage, a legacy, and a divine endowment. You also have a history, a story, and a testimony that you need not be ashamed of. You have been called to a purpose with a mission and a vision. You are guided by a father, saved by a savior, and endorsed by a helper with a capital H. Your name has meaning, beloved. Your voice has power, and your gifts are meant for the world. Always remember who you are and never forget the blessings that God has given you to be used through you. The third thing, reflect on who you are, particularly in those times when you're feeling down and out or you're feeling depressed or you have no hope. You are royalty in how you respond to your adversity. You are royalty in how you live, your character, your conduct, your contributions. All of these things should reflect your divine lineage through your words, your works, your ways. Shine like the sun and mirror the nature of Christ. Be humble. 
But be confident, be gentle, but be bold, be quiet and yet courageous. Let integrity guide you. Let love lead you and let your faith sustain you. Be patient when things are rough. Be patient in difficulty. Be peaceful when it's chaos and confusion around you. Be graceful despite those who criticize you because you're going to have haters. Respond with wisdom when they challenge you. Answer with discretion when you are questioned and prevail with poise when you are opposed. Though you walk among paupers, paupers on your job, paupers in your family, paupers in your neighborhood, you better represent the king. Rise above the rabble. Take the high road. Don't let dusty peasants dull your shame or allow the filth of this world to stain your royal threads. Listen, don't become the big head either. We are royalty, but we are not about that life. You know how your mama used to tell you when you were about to go somewhere? Now, don't you embarrass me. Act like you've got some home training. Well, that's what I'm trying to say right now. We're going places, y'all, and we have to act like we have training in the ways of our heavenly daddy. Just because we we represent royalty doesn't mean our throne is a place from which we lord over others or flex our status, but rather it is a seat of service and sacrifice. We are a manifestation of God's love and grace, his goodness and his glory. So when I say reflect who you are, I'm saying be all that you've been called and created to be and be that with confidence. And if you don't know who that is, then your work this year, you already know. It's to discover it. And while you're discovering Discovering it while you're working through that process. Don't hide your light, your salt, or your flavor because your light is meant to illuminate the path for others. Your salt, that is meant to bring out the best in those around you. And your flavor is meant to season the world with hope. You are to be an inspiration in how you carry yourself, your style, your vibe, your aesthetic. This is the heritage of royalty and your crown is a symbol of your sacred inheritance, not a source of superiority. So this mother, she was teaching her son how to live like a king because she knew his potential and the possible pitfalls that he could face. She was a mother who wanted the best for her son, a mother who spoke the truth to her son, a mother who was an inspired utterance from God to her son. And what did she say? She said, listen, son, listen to the voice of wisdom. Listen to the voice of God. Listen to the voice of your mother. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. You are royalty. Don't waste your time, your energy, your resources, your gifts, your calling on things that cannot satisfy you, that won't fulfill you, that won't bless you, but the things that will only harm you, hurt you, and hinder you, these are going to constantly come for you. Be on the lookout. Don't you chase after the flesh. Don't you follow the crowd. Don't you be a slave to the desire for recognition. Resist the pull of sin, the pressures of society, and the praises of men. Don't be deceived by the enemy, the allure of worldly pressures, or your own sinful heart. This mother was dropping gems. She was imparting wisdom, the kind of wisdom that shakes you to your very foundation and says, wake up, child. You got work to do. You got people to lead. You have a destiny to fulfill. And isn't that just like a mama to see not just who you are, but who you can be? She is urging him to avoid the dangers that could derail his destiny, excess, indulgence, the kind of pleasures that feel good in the moment, but cost 
you everything in the long run. And what about us? What are we indulging in that's costing us our future? What habits, what relationships, what distractions are we allowing to cloud our judgment and steal our crowns? But oh, when she tells him to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute, she is reminding him. She's actually reminding us that with great power comes great responsibility. Our leadership, our platforms, our voices, they're not just for us. They're for the broken, the overlooked, the voiceless, those on the margins. Therefore, the times when we see injustice and we say, no, not on my watch, you have influence, you have authority. You might not be a king or a queen, but you have a sphere of influence where you are royalty, where people look up to you for your guidance, your wisdom, your insight, your experience, your education, your enlightenment. And that's where your true power lies. It's in the everyday moments, the decisions you make when no one is watching. It's in the love you give without expecting anything in return. That is the mark of true royalty. It's a quiet strength. It's not loud. It's a persistent courage. It doesn't give up at the turn of every difficulty. It is a compassionate heart. It's about being a flicker of hope in a world that's so desperately searching for light. So take this wisdom from Proverbs, y'all, from a mother to a son and from our heavenly father to us. Let it shape you. Let it mold you. Let it guide you into the fullness of who you were created to be because you, my love, are meant for greatness. You are crafted for excellence and you are destined for royalty. And so as we step into our roles as modern day kings and queens, let's carry with us the mantle of responsibility. Let's wear our crowns, not as ornaments of vanity, but as symbols of service. Remember, royalty is not a title that is granted to us by the world. It is a position appointed by the divine. So walk in it, talk in it, live in it, and let the world see just what it means to be a child of the king. May you lead with wisdom, serve with compassion, and love with all the authority of heaven backing you up, reign in your personal kingdom, be marked by goodness, mercy, and truth, and may your legacy be one that resounds for generations, not because you sat on a throne, but because you knelt to serve. And now let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you that you just continue to speak to us and meet us right where we are. Lord, we ask that you would help us to walk in the fullness of our calling and our destiny. Lord, give us eyes to see the areas where we have surrendered to sin, complacency, and comfort. Lord, convict us of the distractions that are hindering our purpose. Show us where we have compromised and remind us of the standard that you've called us to. Lord, forgive us for the times when we have abused what little power we have, where we have manipulated the outcome or neglected the needs of those you have placed in our paths. Lord, help us to embody the pure heart of service, to recognize the dignity and value in every single person we encounter. Lord, please rekindle the fire in us to pursue righteousness, to act justly and to love mercifully. Lord, we ask that you would equip us with the strength when we are weak to do whatever it is that you have called us to do. Lord, please give us wisdom when we're feeling uncertain and humility when we are being elevated and exalted. Lord, we always want 
want to turn to you for guidance and be led by your spirit in every decision we make. Lord, we pray for the courage to speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves, for the wisdom to stand for what is right and for the boldness to live out our calling. Help us to be advocates, Lord, to be caretakers, to be messengers. We pray that our lives would reflect all that you are and that through our our actions, others might see your glory. Pour out your spirit on us, Lord, that we might be effective witnesses to your kingdom. Let our words be seasoned with grace and our actions driven by love. Lord, we don't want to just wear these crowns of royalty. Lord, we want to carry our crosses of sacrifice with the understanding that in doing so, we honor you as we leave this place, but not your presence. Keep us safe. Fill us with your peace and remind us that we are never alone. You are our king and we are your children, heirs to your eternal kingdom. We give you all the glory, the honor and the praise now and forever in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. All the people of God said together, amen. And our affirmation for today, in humility, I rise in serving. I flourish in giving I gain. In humility, I rise. In serving, I flourish. In giving, I gain. And our aphorism, a sedentary life is the real sin against the Holy Spirit. Only those thoughts that come by walking have any value. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this amazing adventure with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.